Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most cowardly podcast network. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And this episode we watched Bubba Hotep. <laughs> Bubba Hotep is a 2002 comedy horror film written and directed by Don Conscarelli, starring Bruce Campbell. It follows Elvis Presley as an elderly resident in an East Texas rest home who teams up with Jack, a fellow nursing home resident who thinks he's actually President John F. Kennedy, and the two valiant old codgers sally forth to battle an evil Egyptian entity who has chosen their long-term care facility as his hunting grounds. Uh, We are overjoyed once again to have on the show, not just our friend, but also a friend to cinema in general, it's Joel Dusha. Welcome, Joel. (laughs) Hello. So, I got two very bold statements straight off the bat. One... (laughs) I did not pick this film, even though the promise was made that my next oh, appearance I get to pick the film. Oh, slander secondly, lies. Secondly, fuck all of you for not loving hey. this movie. It's so hey, good. Hey, 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 hey. You gave it a fucking three and a half, which might as well be a two. I <laughs> That's a Tom Reed two. Enjoyed yeah, it sure. immensely. I've seen it before. I loved it more the first time. Tell that around. to your review, Tom. Fuck. I, I actually really enjoyed this film too. I probably, I didn't rate it super high. And I look, I'm going to, it can stay where, I can't even remember what I rated it. Three and a half? What did I rate it? I don't know. I think you gave it a three. I look, it probably deserved a three and a half because I've actually like, it has been a film I've been thinking about since. And I'm like, yeah, I really like this film. Like it did interesting things. And I think it's like the things I didn't like on retrospect, I actually understand more. Like it kind of, yeah. there's a reason for some of the choices they made. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I enjoyed I it too. It. Sean. Boys, you may as well turn my microphone off <laughs> because I have nothing to say about this one and a half star film. Uh, oh. I was going to mute <laughs> Sean. There we, there we go. Sean's been muted. Oh, <laughs> I just don't understand... Like, in particular, because it's not a particularly long film, the entire movie is pretty much on Bruce Campbell's shoulders. Yeah. Like, as Elvis. And it is one of the best Elvis on-screen appearances, which is insane, Mm. because maybe he's not even playing Elvis. 100% he's the best Elvis ever. He's better than Elvis. (laughs) Sean... Would you have liked this movie better if there was no mummy in it? Because I feel like that even if you hate the mummy and the horror elements of it, it's saying, like, interesting things about retirement and yeah. getting old and, like, being irrelevant. Joel. Sean. Can I tell you what I think happened here? What? I think that COVID silver screen fatigue is a very real thing. 
<laughs> and I think that I've consumed so many movies in the last 18 months that my brain snapped in half. <laughs> and I think that this movie just came at the exact wrong time. Yeah. Because I sat there and I watched it and I just felt I felt nothing. Mm. I think I felt less than nothing. Oof. I was just kind of like, this is just boring. This is such a boring oh, film. And I part of me is annoyed at myself because I think the concept's terrific. Mm. Yeah. And Bruce Campbell's great. But it's just, maybe it's just the way that it's shot, just the lo-fi, low budget, just the flat, drab colours. I don't think there's anything. This is a movie that if Sam Raimi directed it, it probably would have blown my dick off. <laughs> like, that would have just improved it immensely. But as it is, I just, I took nothing from it. Like, I really did. Mm. I, th- I thought it was flat. While Bruce Campbell is good, I don't think he actually built up to anything. I didn't feel... I don't know, man. There's just no narrative momentum for me in this he at all. Finally, I just watched it. No, nah, sorry. And this is why I want to sit here fairly silently and just absorb. I want to. I want to actually listen and hear what you guys like about it because I know that there are a lot of people out there who do like yeah. it. When I reviewed this, someone who listens to the show, who I think I think his name is Chris, and I think he's the one who recommended that mm. we watch this. He was kind of like, "Oh man, fucking yeah. <laughs> hell!" And I was like, "No, no, no! Don't, don't listen to me. I'm a tired old man, and I just..." The movie hit me at the yeah, wrong time. That should have me being a tight. I know, me being a tight old man. This movie should have spoken yeah. volumes to me, but it it didn't. I mean, did he? I can't even remember the end. <laughs> did he die? Yeah, yeah, he, he dies, and then he says, "Thank you, thank you very much." Yeah, I wish I was him yeah. in that moment. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let's yeah. let's yeah. let's start with Dusha. Yes. You love this movie. Mm-hmm. You chose this movie for this podcast. If we're going to convince <laughs> Sean this is a decent movie, like, tell us what you love about this. Movie. Okay. So before I even get to the movie itself, Sean, this is the magic of this film. The director who had made uh, Phantasm, which is like a cult horror movie from like 1979 or whatever, when he made this. He knew that it wouldn't get financed straight away. So he road showed the movie. There was four prints in existence and he just drove it around and showed it in private screenings until it eventually got picked up for distribution. He made it for a million dollars and I think it made like 1.4 million. So it wasn't a success or anything, but just like- That's a success for me. That's good. That's good business. Joel, just to say, add to that as well, I read that Bruce Campbell was doing a book tour at the time and he just took this movie around on his book tour and was just (laughs) spruiking the hell out of the movie. Well, yeah, here. Oh, that rules. I would hate to to get too prop heavy in a podcast, but I just quickly... Hmm. It was probably this book. (laughs) Yeah, so Bruce Campbell, uh, when this movie was being uh, toured around, uh, had also published If Chins Could Kill, (laughs) which is a 2002 uh, autobiography about Bruce Campbell's life as a B-movie actor. Mm. And yeah, would um, just took Bubba Hotep around with him as well at the same time. What a ledge. That's great. Um, I love this movie for a lot of reasons. One, I just think that like the themes that it's exploring about like people in retirement homes losing total self-worth and losing their identity and like finding relevance in your own life once you've hit a certain age Mm. and like just all of that, like that's interesting in itself. And like, if it was just in a straightforward, sad, drab movie, I'd probably still be like, yeah, that is interesting. Mm. But the fact that they have framed it as... Elvis Presley got sick of the fame, so swapped roles with an Elvis impersonator. Then his caravan that had the papers that proved that that (laughs) happened exploded. Mm. And then he spent the last 30, well, like, let's just say the last 20 years of his life touring around, no one believing him. And he's just stuck in this shitty retirement village being like, I'm Elvis Presley. Mm. The idea that you go, like, that concept on its own. 
Fantastic. So here's the thing. This is why it's great. The concept you said before, Joel, if it was a movie about, you know, relevance and finding something, yep. you know, that in itself is a great movie. A movie about a fake Elvis Presley. Fantastic movie. Yeah. A movie where the fake Elvis Presley's best friend is a guy who's convinced he is JFK and the mm. CIA painted yep. him black. Excellent yep. movie. Yeah. And then you're like, they're also fighting a mummy that wears cowboy boots. <laughs> yeah. A mummy that... Uh, is slow and old and decrepit in itself because it's yes. a mummy. So who's decided to feed on the souls of the elderly because they can't run away fast yeah. enough. That's also a good horror movie premise in itself. Right. Yeah. It's crazy that all of these are just jammed together yeah, into yeah, one yeah. movie. Did you read the thing just while we're on like the crazy concept? So there's the idea is that um, there's th- those two are residents who are supposed to be other people. Mm. The guy Kimasabi is supposed to be the Lone Ranger, <laughs> yeah. effectively, but yeah. in retirement home. Yeah. There was a character who was in the script who wasn't in the final cut of the film who was a woman, an old woman who was convinced that she was John Dillinger, but the FBI changed her into a woman to hide <laughs> her from the public eye. Like, just just the idea that those, those were just some of the characters in there is just like, what a crazy way to yeah. tell this story that is also, like, not a lot really... Like, there's, there's like, some cool stuff happening, but mm. there's also lots of sequences where not much happens and it's just Bruce Campbell narrating the fact that he can't get a boner. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, like, that's that's what I loved about, like, how I said before... Like, in retrospect, there's more and more I'm liking about this film. Like, all those, all the characters having a different identity, like, seemingly having a different identity to the one they actually have. Yeah. Like, that just seems like, oh, that's a kitschy, gimmicky, funny kind of thing to throw in there. But, like, like you said, JD. Yeah. No, it's about the fact that once you reach that level of age, you lose your identity. Like, you don't have an... And, like, the people yeah. around you don't even treat you kind of like a person anymore. Yeah. And, like, that's something I loved. Like, easily I really enjoyed about this movie. That he's, like... The narration and the ruminations on being an elderly person were awesome. Yeah. And again, Bruce Campbell delivered perfectly in the, in that Elvis impersonation. Like, I honestly love the narration. Like, it felt because this was based on a on a book, I think, or a novella or something like that. And you could kind of say, okay, this is the narration must be coming from the book itself. But there were some really good ones. Like, there was one I wrote down because I'm like, that's good. And it was um, everything you do is worthless or sadly amusing. Hmm. Yeah. That is heartbreaking. Like that, that broke me. And like another thing uh, that you also mentioned, JD, was the fact that the the mummy is this old, decrepit mm-hmm. villain. Like that's such an appropriate villain for these retirement yeah. home people. And yes, it slows down the film, but in a way that services the story and services yeah. the theme they're trying to get to. And again, it seems like oh, kitschy and funny and whatever. Like oh, yeah. that's just a wacky idea. Let's throw it in there. But the more you think about this film, the more the reasons actually it's all done in for a reason. Like yes, it's wacky and weird, but it's actually super clever because there's it's connecting dots you might not normally have connected. Yeah. So I actually fucking loved it. Like I really liked it. <laughs> I just think that like for what it is, it could have easily gone one way, like too hard one way or two way the other. But I think that it's like quite astounding in itself that they pulled it off. Like yeah, when I I first saw this movie. Weirdly enough, um, probably around the same time that I first saw, like, Evil Dead. Right. So, it was probably, like, five or so years after it came out. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I bought it on DVD without seeing it, just because the concept, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. This is insane. Oh, they made a movie for me. Okay, I guess I better buy that. Yeah, and it blew my fucking head off yeah. the first time I saw it. Because, <laughs> like, it is funny, but, like, some of the fucking dialogue that Bruce Campbell has mm. is so good. Mm. Like, even just, like, when... 
I can't remember what he's talking, who he's talking to, but he's like, that's one big bitch cockroach. Just like <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> well, there's, there's that great bit where um, there's just like, again, the great delivery of lines. There's that excellent scene towards the end of the movie where he decides that, no, he's going to help JFK mm. fight back. So he calls him on the phone. <laughs> And he's talking like Elvis, yeah. and he calls him Mr. President, and I fucking yeah. love that. It is so good, yeah. because early on in the film, even he's like, this guy thinks he's JFK, but he's like, I think I'm Elvis, and people make fun of me. So just that bit where he's like, what are you saying, Mr. President? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I love that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. That shit is good stuff. I mean, you you get it, like, the thing that you were talking about before, uh, Damo, of like losing mm. your identity to the point where everything you do is either sad or weirdly amusing. But like when he's mm. talking about how- a nurse is wearing a skirt and like bends over and he sees like her underwear yeah. and he's like, she knows she just doesn't care. I'm as threatening as like a cat peeping a glimpse. Yes, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like it's like to, to have that, like that. Yeah. People don't even see you as a person anymore. Like yeah. as an entity, like, fuck. but then also that same monologue has like the worst description of a boner. I think I've ever heard <laughs> where he's like, he says something along the lines of like, I felt my peck a flutter like a pigeon having a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my favorite, my favorite line, and it's actually I think the second half of the "That's one big bitch cockroach," mm. or he says it again because he's like, even a big bitch cockroach like you must know never ever fuck with the king. Oh, yeah. it's such a good line, <laughs> Sean. That should have gotten it to a two and a half just with that line. The, the fatigue, mate. The movie fatigue. Honestly, I think I missed yeah. a trick with this movie. I honestly did. I like. Yeah. I, I'm enjoying hearing you guys praise yeah. it because. There's, there's lot. I think if I were to watch it again, I would really appreciate it more. Mm. It's just literally, like I said, wrong, wrong place, wrong time. Just didn't, it did not connect. Yeah. Joel, I wanted to ask, mm-hmm. um, have you come across many people who love this? Has this got like a real cult classic sort of status to it? It is like quite popular, but I think that a, like a bunch of people do now, especially in an age where when you start opening your horizons to movies, especially like I guess world cinema, mm. things like this aren't as hard to come across. I mean, like, this is obviously a very particular group of things coming together. But I think that, like, you'll find that a lot of critics and stuff like that... Well, not critics, because critics liked this. Mm -hmm. But more like, if you go to Letterboxd or something, I think it's probably got, like, a mid-threes as the average rating. Yeah, Yeah, it's got a pretty pretty decent I ask because... I actually remember when I was a kid, I had the poster for this movie on my wall, despite having never seen it. But that's because it was in... Tom, you might know this. It was in Empire Magazine. But that that would have been... Sean, I had the same poster on my wall. And I went out and got this movie because I had the poster on my wall. I watched this movie when I was like (laughs) That is incredible. But also... Yeah, well, I'm weirder then because I had the poster on my wall, but then it's only now that I've seen this film. And I, in fact, I'd kind of forgotten about it until we were talking about it. But yeah, I I definitely had this poster on my wall for probably three or four years because mm. it was one of those Empire Magazine had it. But I find that weird because that would have been in Empire Magazine when the film came out. Yeah. So it already had hit, I guess, a base level of popularity to be... Now, Empire was once a month and it would have, you know, a reversible movie poster. Yeah. So once a month you get two movies. So that's a pretty big deal for Bubba Hotel. Right. That's cool. I think what probably happened there is that it it actually came out at um like a pretty good time for that because Raimi was back in the spotlight because of Spider-Man. Bruce Campbell's in Spider-Man as well. Mm. And yeah, like it's just a funny concept yeah. in yeah. itself. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they did a a a deep like they interviewed Bruce Campbell and um, they interviewed Don right. and they, yeah. they basically did like a feature on the film. I think it was like a part of like a, a cult movie month and they interviewed yeah. 
they talked about Phantasm and they talked about this and this came with the poster. And I read the concept, I read the article, I put the poster up and then I think that weekend I was in Blockbuster. I might have been like 14 because maybe it was when I was working at KFC which was across the road from Blockbuster. Dangerous that would combination. kill me now. Like I'm talking, my work of KFC was... Oh, it was like a str- like literally the street, and then the on the other, like no traffic, just walking. Oh, dangerous! I come home from work with a bucket oh, of KFC, living like the dream. That feels like that tells me everything about the person you now are today. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I, um, but yeah, so I I went like that weekend, went down, saw that it was in the new release. There was like two copies of it. And me and my dad, dad watched it together. Oh, what did Terrence think of it? I think he enjoyed it, but if I asked him now, he wouldn't know what the movie was. <laughs> yeah. And then if I was like, no, do you remember a movie? And he's yeah. Elvis. Dad has weird taste in movies, but he probably would have had a, had a laugh, right. I reckon. Yeah. It's, look, watching it as an, like, watching it then, I was like, oh, this is mm. fantastic. No one's ever done this. And then I watch it as an adult and I'm like, oh, it's it's not a movie that I could have barely appreciated before. Yeah, right. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> well, like here's the here's the thing I think is interesting. Like the premise alone is like, oh, that's an interesting, funny, yeah. wacky premise. And then even once the movie starts, it it leans into that. Like he starts by talking about his dick and yeah. like this disgusting growth on his dick and all this sort of stuff. And like even at times, like it is it is quite funny. It's yeah. definitely a funny film. Like it it felt to me like a Leslie Nielsen film where it's like it's funny, but they're never breaking that fourth wall. Yeah. They're never winking at the mm. camera. It's always played straight. Yeah. But then yeah, once you get past that, you get those ruminations on being elderly. You get like a bit of a buddy film as well. Like the the two leads. I loved their friendship. This is something that I thought, Sean, I'm like, I'm surprised this didn't connect with Sean because like these two old dudes sort of finding each other, having this impossible situation yeah. and choosing to face it and choosing to believe that they are who they say they are and we've got to take this mummy down to protect everybody else. Like, beautiful. Oh, the thing I love most, and I said this in my review, but I love the beat where Ozzie Davis looks at Bruce Campbell and says, let's get decadent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys reckon that I watched... Maybe the best film I've ever seen, and it just passed me by. <laughs> I think you'd watched too much fucking Underworld, and your brain was mush, and bad things happened. Yeah, it's yeah, Kate Beckinsale's fault. This, no, this came before Underworld. I watched this a little while oh, ago. God. Oh. Now, Joel, I want to bring this up with you as well because yes. I can't remember what the argument was. You and I were having a little mini feud because you hated something that I loved, and I was like, "Well, I just finished watching Bubba Hotep, which you love, and I haven't dropped a review yet, so fucking look out." And then by the end of the day. I dropped a one and a half yes. um, I can't remember what film we were I, bickering about. So uh, I've just had a quick look at what you had watched either side of Boba Hotep to f- try and figure out where you were at. Yeah. You had just, it, it actually came after a couple of days break for you, which is rare. That was fatigue. Uh, you'd watch Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Yeah. You'd watch Jungle Cruise, given that a fat mm-hmm. three stars. And then four days later rolled in, Boba Hotep one and a half. And that is on the back of me giving yesterday. A one star. That's review. right. I think we got in a fight about yesterday, which I don't even really care about. <laughs> because during the argument, you made such a valid point where I was like, yeah, it's not great. But I was too stubborn to be like, no, you're right. And I was like, fuck Baba Hotep. Yeah. I really, really love, like, obviously the Elvis character in this film is so good, mm. but JFK just being like across everything. Yeah. Being like, yeah, the mummy attacked me last night. He um put his hand over my mouth and his mouth over my asshole. <laughs> and then like Elvis is just like, what? Is he like a shit eater? And he's like, no, 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 no. He's sucking my soul out. You can just get that from any orifice. Yeah. Is that the book? The souls yeah. for men and women or whatever the truth yeah. about the Yeah, like that's again, that's where the Leslie Nielsen stuff was sort of coming through. It's like, yeah. yep, we'll throw that in. Great. That's our plot turn. Yeah, him being capable was was great too, but also like what's great is that you buy you buy in, because obviously it's gonna be the mummy, but like 
No, it makes sense that this guy, if you were a nurse or someone and you had this mm. old bloke telling you that fact, and this guy, A, thinks he's JFK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also is telling you all these facts about souls and how things suck out your asshole. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, no way, that's insane. But yeah. just the fact that this movie is like, no, no, this is this is the world that they live in. Mm. These are the facts that he has. He's printed out some stuff from the library. He's got this book. He knows these kind of things. Because yeah. <laughs> you also learn that he's quite savvy because he's got all the, the chocolates and stuff stashed in his room. Yeah, he's got all yeah. the little yeah. the memorabilia around his... It's it's. He's kind of the the clever, cluey one mm. to the to you know yeah Elvis's bumbling Elvis. Elvis right, is like the energy. enforcer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. the man of action. Yeah, yeah. the other one. And Jack's the brains. he's switched on, but also insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I love is that you're watching this movie. The movie ends, and you were like, "Was he really JFK? And was he really Elvis? <laughs> it doesn't irrelevant. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because the, the film doesn't definitively answer that question. No. It gives you nothing either way, really. No. Yeah. All that matters in the end is that everyone in the retirement home is safe, and whilst Elvis died, he died with his soul. Yeah. Mm. He died the way he wanted, and he got to do the very good thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> Last lines <laughs> of the film. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's powerful. All right. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Were we scared? No, nah. it's not a scary movie. It's not a scary movie, no. Like, uh, there's maybe one or two shots of the mummy that you could class as scary, but not really. Like, it looked all right, but it wasn't yeah. particularly yeah. terrifying. Like, to be honest, Joel, like, next time we tell you to pick a movie, mate, just try and pick <laughs> a scary one, please. Come on. Uh, all right. No, yeah, no, fair enough. All right, next time we'll pick a scary one. Yeah. Sean, you yeah, are yeah. digging our grave, son. No, 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 no. digging no. our grave. It's fine, boys. No, but Joel, we will definitely let you pick. A film uh-huh, next time. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, you're shaking your head so violently that even what? if I didn't comment, people on? would Fuck. be. <laughs> <laughs> you were making such a noise with the violent nature of your head shake that it actually picked up on audio. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> 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 yeah. The the only the only bit of like I guess tension is. The mummy's not that scary. It's the mm. the scarab beetles are way scarier. I mean, yeah. but even yeah. that's so big and fake and 
dumb, like in its own way. Like it, yeah. it, it was great. Like again, for this movie, it's perfect. I've got no issues whatsoever. But it's mm. it's not really scary. I wouldn't yeah. say. Tom, did this scare you when you watched it when you were thirteen? I think it might have. I think yeah. it might have. Like just knowing what I was like then, there would have been stuff in this that like would have creeped me out a bit. Like maybe some of the shots are like the corridors or them like looking out or just waiting for something to happen. Mm. Yeah, there's that that kind of spooky shot of the woman hanging onto his door frame saying help me and then being dragged away that's pretty right. hectic but I, I think then you don't get to in- have the dread of that because then it smash cuts to that running gag of the two funeral home directors and the guy who wants to debate life and the other guy <laughs> who just hates dead bodies yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah this is unrelated but one thing that I have always been kind of bummed about but then kind of interested in seeing is that there was a proposed prequel to this yes okay they tease it at the end yeah so originally that was just a joke they just put that in as like a silly joke. But then after people like legitimately liked Bubba Hotep and everyone was like, oh, this is like an interesting concept. They started like optioning it and the prequel was going to be set uh, in a, it was prior to the Elvis and Sebastian Hoff uh, swap. Right. And it was going to be set as like a, they were shooting an Elvis movie that never actually got released. So like on set for a lost Elvis movie, mm-hmm. Paul Giamatti was going to be playing Colonel Tom Parker. I think his name is. Oh, uh, that's awesome. The Elvis's Colonel. manager. And uh, they were going to be fighting vampires. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. But um, apparently Bruce Campbell and the director had a falling out and then they were going to recast Bruce Campbell as Ron Perlman. Oh, hell. For a prequel, I wouldn't have minded that. Mm, Yeah, that's hectic. Yeah, but um, yeah, sadly it never happened. Mm. I think they may have turned it into a comic book or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Well, on the fear stuff, the only thing I was genuinely scared about because of this this movie is like, hey, let's go for it. Yeah. I thought we're going to see his dick. I thought at some point the, the gross dick he kept referring to, we're just going to get it full on in the yeah, face. Yeah, no, fair enough. And I was genuinely a bit nervous about that the whole way through. Tell you what, just while we're talking about dick in movies, I reckon I've watched four or five movies in the last month alone mm. just full of dicks. <laughs> so <Right>. many dicks. <laughs> Share those with us, please. So there's this. There's, I watched a movie called The Void that I'm pretty sure had some dicks in it. Um, I watched a movie called... Uh, hang on, I'll, I'll go to I'll go to my list of movies here, but I feel like I've I've seen a lot of peen on screen lately. <laughs> so there's actually a film that uh, Sean you haven't seen yet, and uh, I don't think Damien you've mm. seen it either, but is highly anticipated by you. Uh, there is a dick and balls in that movie. There is a dick and balls in that one. Um, there's a dick and balls in. There's a lot of dicks in Zola. I watched a movie called Kill List and Dark Song. A lot of peen in those two. Okay. <laughs> Cinema is embracing peen, and that's that's good. Mm. You guys still need to watch The Outlaw King for some Chris Pine pain. <laughs> Chris Pine. Chris <Yeah>. Pine. <laughs> <laughs> well, for this movie, I actually read, so like I said, I, I was generally scared of the peen being shown. But yeah. before Bruce Campbell accepted the role of Elvis, he apparently had one question for the director, which was, are you going to show the penis? <laughs> <laughs> and was the answer then no, so he did the movie? Yeah. I don't know what answer he wanted. Like, like oh. this is just a fucking IMDb trivia, but like, I'm curious to know which way he was hoping the director oh, would Oh, he go. wanted it. He wanted yeah. the pain, yeah. He's been <laughs> fucking evil dead. He wanted that pain to show up and explode. <laughs> well, yeah, because there's like a boil on it. It would have been awful to look yeah. at. He's a big advocate of pain on screen, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah totally. Even in Spider-Man, he wanted it. Yeah. <laughs> He'd turn up the set with no pants on just in case Raimi would forget. <laughs> like, nah, I, nice try. He was advocating for Peter Parker to not wear pants, so everyone would just see his penis asshole and his penis every time. <laughs> Swinging Imagine Spider-Man flipping around the country, just his dick waggling <laughs> in the wind. Although one thing with Bruce Campbell, just speaking of Spider-Man, and well, I guess 
Bubba Hotep. The fact that Bruce Campbell could possibly turn up in Doctor Strange 2 is very exciting for me. <laughs> yeah, man. man yeah. Did you see that? There was that um, Bruce Campbell posted a thing on um, April Fool's Day, the the fake script excerpt from the new Doctor Strange film, which is one of the multiverses they go to is a cabin in the woods. Yeah. And, you know, the Oldsmobile oh, is there. Great. And, you know, Strange shows up and he's like, I'm looking for this book. And he's like, this book? He's like, no, not that book. He's like, okay. And then the guy leaves and he's like, that was a groovy cape. That was the yeah. that was the <laughs> scene. And I'm like, I know that's fake, but fuck, that would rule so hard. <laughs> yeah, making Evil Dead canon in the MCU feels like something that Sam Raimi might try and do anyway. <laughs> oh. Well, because Ash... So- this is super unrelated, but people might find it interesting if they're not mm. uh, super across uh, Bruce Campbell. Because I feel like that he rocketed back into like the public eye in like the later 2000s and like early mm. 2010s, but kind of since then he's faded again. Is that uh, Marvel owns, well, f- briefly owned the rights to the Army of Darkness comic book series, which continues on from the third Evil Dead film. And Ash actually appears in Marvel Zombies. Oh. So, like, there's actually, like, a relatively important part of the Marvel Zombies uh, comic book arc that features Ash from the Evil Dead that just hasn't been reprinted because they don't have the rights to him anymore. So, and with What If doing Marvel Zombies again, why not put Ash in it? Yeah, man, that'd be great. That's what, the only thing that would stop them is he's universal, isn't he? Yeah, he's owned by someone. Oh, wait, it's, um... Ash would be owned by Warner Brothers, which is a problem because, yeah, <laughs> okay. Evil Evil Dead Rise is going straight to HBO Max. Right. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, because I was going to say, I, I thought the original Evil Deads were produced by Universal because if they were, they fucked up, guys. When they did the Dark Universe, it, <laughs> no, not Tom Cruise and Podogram. <laughs> Ash. Ash fighting Dracula. Yes. Ash fighting Frankenstein. Ash fighting the Wolfman. Like Tom Cruise alone, Tom. <laughs> no, no, just saying. Bruce Five Campbell, stars. <laughs> oh, short carny. Short fucking carny. All right. Did our characters act wisely or foolishly? Wisely, I think. I think they do it the best they can. Mm. Yeah, look, I, yeah. I agree with that. Like, the reason we watched this movie and it even came into, like, our attention was because I think it was on one of our Q&A episodes. We're talking about teens on screen and mm-hmm. basically teenagers are a great one because they're so unequipped. They're so new to the world. And then we said, oh, what about the opposite to that? The elderly who are who have lost all their abilities and, and are equally unequipped. And then basically, yeah, a few uh, fans wrote in and said, you've got to watch this. Dusha, you came on board and said, yep, you boys would love it. Which you were mostly right about, apart from Short Cardi. I feel like that this episode alone has bumped everyone's review up at least half a star. <laughs> yeah, I definitely has. Look, I, I'll re-watch it just to re-review it. Yeah, I think good. Is what's, what's needed. But yeah, like to me, the fact that they are so unequipped means that they're fucking kicking goals all over the place. Yeah. Like these guys, like this, the end scene especially when like he's in, um, Jack's in the wheelchair. Yeah. Elvis is like barely standing. Yeah. And they've got to fight this fucking mummy. Yeah. And they do. Like it's great. Yeah. Like they're trying their absolute best and I want the best for them. Yeah. <laughs> and like they both, even though like Jack dies before the finale, but he's died a hero mm. regardless. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's, he's, he's died so that Elvis can have that incredible scene where he slowly, like, waits for the chair to come back around. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't really, so good. I don't really feel like Elvis was old enough in this movie. Really? Is that just because Bruce Campbell himself wasn't that old? Yeah, I guess. I kept waiting. Like, I for the longest time in this film, I thought it was more of, like, a crisis of identity. And that once he got his swagger back, he'd get, like, mobility oh, back. Yeah, okay. Because it, to me, I just looked at him and I'm like, you don't look like retirement village age, mate. In universe, he would have meant to be, like, I think, honestly, like, in his 70s. Oh, okay, so he didn't look like he was in his 70s. 
He looked very young to be stuck in there. So yeah, I just I, I waited for him to get his mojo back, and I thought that he was going to be like a lot more uh, physical and, and capable. Yeah, but yeah, they were just just right. as slow as that mummy. <laughs> <laughs> would his dick have also just healed itself if he also got his mojo back? Ah, that would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's great because he he does get his dick mojo back. There's that whole scene yeah. where he gets the boner, and the reason he gets the boner isn't for any medical reason, but it's because he has something to be passionate about. Yeah, again. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like that scene's a joke, and it's very funny, and the way she like jokes with him, and they joke together. Mm. Is, is great and it's hilarious. It's a boner joke, but also it's like a, a kind of poignant, you know, mm. like beat of the film. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a real fine line. <laughs> to draw a line between yeah. getting a boner and like having passion in life, that's really good. <laughs> Beautiful. Guys, I think I think the message of the movie is you need to have a boner for life. <laughs> um, so if Boba Hotep is set in 2002, mm. Alvis would have been between 65 and 70, roughly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. pretty believable, yeah. then. And when you've abused your body as much as he has, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, mm. Considering he didn't get to that age. Oh, yeah, so. he's also been in a coma <laughs> in the movie because he falls off the stage yes. due to his hip problem. Yeah, All great points. That's right, and he says he says he wakes up and he can't remember stuff and it takes him a while to get his mm. shit together. Yeah. Do you know what I did love, just on a directorial thing, is those sequences where... Um, what's the word? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Time lapse, where like people come in and yes. out, and you can't really yeah, gauge yeah, yeah. whether it's happening. That's such a great visual representation of like losing time and losing your memory, and mm. just having these things like blur in and out of his life. It's just a really nice, nice touch. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Like we're actually getting that experience. Like it's such a hard thing to get across in cinema. Like the father, I think we've all watched did that really well, where obviously the whole thing is based around this guy who's losing his... He's got Alzheimer's and losing his memory. And so it presented that cinematically incredibly well. And so for this movie to have a swing at that with those time lapses, I I was quite impressed. I thought the same thing. That's that's pretty nice of putting us in his position and kind of at least getting some understanding of what his experience is. Yeah. Mm. It's also crazy that, like, this was made for a million dollars, which obviously a million dollars is more money than I've ever seen in my entire life. But <laughs> yeah. when you look at some movies that are made for, like, $50 million, mm. to think that this is made for one fiftieth of that price is right, insane. Right, Well, you think it, like, I look at this and I think about, I don't know, Justice League, which was made for 200 and something million dollars, and that is a turd. <laughs> yeah, and Joel, on that as well, the million dollar thing, you could make it cheaper today because I assume that this was not shot digitally. It would have been too early for that probably. Yeah, exactly. So it would have right. been, that a million dollars would have mostly been like film and film processing costs probably. Mm. Bruce Campbell probably did it for like 20K. Yeah. <laughs> There's also a thing like apparently they used the same, they only had one hallway really that they could film in. So they just yeah. shot it from different oh, yeah. angles. There's and- definitely parts of this where it looks cheap as hell. Like- the flashback yeah. scenes where Elvis is on stage look like they're shot in front of like a cardboard cutout. <laughs> uh, can I tell you a fun fact about that that I learned while doing some minor research? Yeah. So apparently that's concert scene. They started out with about 150, 100 extras. Yeah. But then over the course of the shot, a lot of them were just like, well, we're leaving now. <laughs> and by the end, they had about 12. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also know that they originally thought about getting actual Elvis uh, songs to the movie, then looked into it and realized it was going to cost them about $500,000 per song. Fuck it, and they were no. like, that's half the budget of the movie, so probably <laughs> yeah. not. Well, I actually even read that the effects company who made the Bubba Hotep makeup and costume, they just did it as a favor. Like, they did it at cost yeah. for what it actually did for them. So, yeah, like, love that. It, but, like, to me, that just screams that this was a passion project. Yeah. Like, the director just really wanted to get this movie made. Mm. I love this movie. I love it so much. Well, then let me ask, let me ask you this How would we do it in this situation? <sighs> 
So I guess to give context, the four of us are elderly in a retirement <laughs> home. Yeah, Scaredy Boys Retirement Village right. for Scaredy Boys. Essentially with our genitals in all kinds of a mess. <laughs> uh, and a mummy enters the scene. So yeah, what do we do? What do we do? I think we buy into it very quickly yeah. though. Sure. Yeah. Because we are three cowards and a brave boy. <laughs> yeah. And at that point, we've got nothing left to lose. Like, I, I think that is I, one of the benefits to being elderly in this situation. Can I be honest? I think even if Joel Dusha is old and can't move, when there is a threat like a mummy, I think he would just get up out of his wheelchair and beat the shit. <laughs> yeah. It would actually, it would give me the gift of walk again. Like, the ability to walk again. Just for the yeah. time it takes you to kick the fuck out of the mummy. <laughs> and then as soon as the mummy's destroyed, Dusha's like, collapses back into the wheelchair. <laughs> Yeah, he's like a reverse grandpa in uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory where he sees the mummy, he can get out of bed, mummy's dead, back into bed. Yeah. And also, like, I don't respect mummies. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, like, mummies are, like, of the classic, like, universal monster villains. Mummies are, like, the weakest to me. They're so flammable. Yeah. They really are. This is, again, why I thought, how is this not a Sean Carney special? The trick to winning this movie is friendship and fire. I know. I've... Look... I, I, it's, I can't explain it. I don't know. I, what I will pledge here, though, six months from now, I will watch it again. And I would have, I would have finished this movie recently and gone, I'm never going to watch that ever again. Right. But because of the power of this chat, I, I will. I promise I'll watch it. I just need about six months. I need okay. a bit of a cool off period. Yeah. And then I will watch it again and we'll see if it's better than one and a half stars. I'm quite sure it will. I reckon good. it'll get probably three to three and a half minimum. Okay. Yeah, as long as there's no yesterday chat yeah. prior to, you'll be fine. Well, I think this <laughs> chat's a- even enhanced my. I'm probably it probably should be a four, four and a half mm. based on this conversation under my brain. True. Yeah. yeah, and just let me quickly just go on record to say that yesterday is a fucking disgrace of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I won't call it a disgrace, but I will not passionately defend it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, how would we do? I think yeah, I think you're right. JD will uh, yeah. just bash the living shit ever. I don't even think the rest of us need to like go down the train of figuring out what the rules are because if you bash a mummy well enough, the rules don't matter. Here's the thing. The mummy is going to go straight for Joel because he's bedridden. (laughs) Right. He doesn't walk. It's going to go for him and big mistake, we get up and there's just like all these bandages everywhere and we're like, what's going on? Joel's like, mummy's dead. Had to punch the shit out of a mummy last night. We're like, cool, cool. (laughs) Found a mummy on my asshole and punched the shit out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get decadent, boys. Well, on that note, that is all the scary talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. I've been Tom. And I've been Joel. Joel Dusha. Joel Dusha, thank you so much for joining us and punching the shit out of a mummy. Anytime. Uh, Thank you so much for watching a movie that I love and adore. And thank you especially to your audience for picking this for you and therefore roping me into it. (laughs) Good choice. (laughs) Yeah. I'm looking forward to your next choice, JD. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it'll be equally easy to watch. (laughs) And if you scary listeners would like to contact us, you can email us at threescaredboys at gmail.com. Uh, or you can find us on Twitter at Skeddy Boys or individually. I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. I'm at Awkward Trade. And I'm at Douche13. That is D-U-S-C-H-1-3 on Twitter, Instagram, wherever. Letterboxd, I'm just Doucher because that was up for grabs and why wouldn't I take it? <laughs> Stay scared, everyone. <laughs> Chris Peen. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.